morning. It's a wonderful day to serve a faithful God. He's so good. I bless the holy name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I hope you slept good last night. I did. I'm so grateful. I think my body's finally starting to adjust to the time difference. So it is 7 a.m. here in Chiang Mai, Thailand. We started yesterday talking about getting to know Jesus. And we talked about how we first get to know his works. Jesus said, "If But if I do, though ye believe not me, if there's something blocking you from believing me, believe the works. God has no trouble with showing his presence in our lives by providing every good and perfect gift. It's from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. And the reason he does that is so that you can know and believe. And so that was John 10, 38. So follow Jesus long enough and close enough to see his hand at work. And then even further than that, be his hands at work. And we ended yesterday with talking about getting to know God by testimony. Pilate had one evening with Jesus. For Jesus, it was not a pleasant evening. He was not being hosted in grand style by Pilate. He was a prisoner and he was being treated terribly. But in John 19:4, Pilate went forth again. He goes before the people and says to them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. So getting to know God is being in his presence and seeing him for him and not for what everybody else says, but getting to interact with him for yourself and making it a point to testify. If Pilate, if Pilate who was about to drop the order to crucify him, if Pilate can testify, you can testify. I can testify. Simply saying, I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. And then Philippians 3.10, we find another layer of getting to know him. And this is the Apostle Paul writing, and he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. 
So we get to know God by staying with him long enough to experience all the things. Stay with him long enough to experience all the things because God does allow the difficult parts of life to come. God set the wheels of motion, the laws of nature in place, and it's going to rain and the sun is going to shine. Seasons are going to change. Those laws of nature are in place and he allows us to reap the consequences of our bad decisions, even though we ask for forgiveness and he forgives us. He does allow life's consequences to play out. Now, I have seen him limit the consequences. I have seen person A and person B both do the same stupid thing. And there's a real good chance I was person A or person B. I would just go ahead and say, yes, I was the person A. And there was another person doing the exact same stupid thing that I did. And because of my humbling of myself and repentance and asking for forgiveness, it didn't mean I didn't reap the consequences. But when I look at person B, oh, he gave me such a break. I deserved every bit of the onslaught of consequences that person B endured. He did make a difference. But he did allow those consequences to come out. You reap what you sow. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So staying with God long enough to experience the power of his resurrection. You know, if you're going to experience the power of resurrection, then that means you're experiencing death. Live things do not need to be resurrected. And so if you're going to experience the power of his resurrection, you're you're going to be like Mary and Martha and do some crying when Lazarus dies. To experience the power of his resurrection means you deal with the death of something. But his resurrection is always there. And in my personal life, I can tell you that I have experience the death of something maybe it was the death of a friendship or the death of uh, a job I loved or whatever the death may have been and the power of his resurrection when it showed itself 
it was such a power and the life that he gave me the renewed life that he gave me was so great and sufficient that whatever it was that died it it doesn't even matter the power of his resurrection but you've got to stay with him long enough you can't cut and run when he doesn't do it exactly like you want him to do it. You've got to stay with him long enough. Go through. He walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. We, He is with us. And then we experience the power of his resurrection. And in that resurrection, it is such a powerful, exuberant, feeling and triumph but the fellowship of his sufferings is very different getting to know God in the power of his resurrection you kind of that's where you see God strong and mighty and high and lifted up and you know if if you're going to picture a, a what humans look like when they're in their empowered state, muscle bound and, you know, just man, the power of somebody that is in control uh, to experience him that way is an awesome, awesome thing. But that's not fellowship. When somebody is operating in their role of power, in their role of authority, it's very rare that you get to sit down and talk personally with them when they are operating in their role of authority. They've got to move. They are operating. They are going. They are fixing. They are doing. And they don't have time to sit and have a cup of coffee while they're in the middle of doing that. You get to see it. You get to experience it. You're like, wow, that's amazing. But to get to that point of an intimacy where he is revealing his heart, that's what fellowship is. Fellowship is, is not just being in the room with someone. Fellowship is really having a conversation where the heart of each person comes out. And we don't get to know God that way until we are in the midst of a suffering. So getting to know the heart of God is... It, it empowers you when you get to know the heart of God. If all you know is the power of his resurrection, let's put this in, in the scenario of a workplace. If all you know about the president and CEO of a company is when he walks through, boy, he might look or she might look amazing, tall, upright, pointing, hey, fix that, walking through the office, take care of that. Hey, did you make that call? You might look at them and they're breezing through and 
they look like their life's all together and you're like, wow. But that's not the moment that you get to know what's actually on that CEO's heart. That's there that's not the moment. It's when the company's in a situation and everyone is is not sure what's up and he or she reveals the heart of what's going on. If we're going to get to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings, we've got to be brave. You've got to be courageous. You you can't be in a habit of of isolating yourself from the house of God, isolating yourself from the people of God, not taking time for the prayer room. The fellowship of his suffering includes putting yourself in the places where he reveals his heart. And when you're in those places and and the and the suffering and and I'm speaking from experience right now you've you've opened up yourself to the moving of the holy ghost to the supernatural with be, by being in a in a supernatural church service by being in a supernatural prayer meeting and then you're it's 11 p.m. and you're alone in bed at night and you're suffering in that moment and because you've not cut and run, you get to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. And God reveals himself to you in such a deep way there. He, he reveals to you his healing. He reveals to you his sweetness. He reveals to you his comfort. But you've got to stay long enough, endure through those things to experience the power of his resurrection. And you've got to stay with him long enough to find fellowship of his suffering. You're going to find as much value in his comfort as you do in his miracles. You're going to find as much value in his comfort as you do in his miracles. That's my testimony. Stay with him long enough. Make up your mind. Nothing is going to turn me around. I am only going deeper into this relationship. I am only learning more in this relationship because when you are in it for the long haul, you find as much value in him meeting you in the solitude of your dark bedroom or living room as you do in the razzmatazz of miracles. John chapter 10, verse 27 Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. If you get a chance to Google or get on YouTube and 
I can't remember what the search was that I did, but something along the lines of, of sheep recognizing their shepherd's voice, something like that. There are multiple videos. Um, they're not professional, professionally made videos. It's just somebody's smartphone. They're picking up the situation where somebody or sometimes it's a crowd will call the sheep the shepherd will tell them what the sound is to make it's like a you know like or something I don't know what it is but it's like a call and they'll do it they'll he'll have one do it he'll have the crowd do it other people do it those sheep they don't even flinch they just keep grazing but when the shepherd does it they come stampeding in mass as one unit. It's an amazing thing to see. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. There's a relationship between the sheep and a shepherd that is very close. It's very tender. The the shepherds, when it is bad weather, especially ancient shepherds, they, they used to, we would kind of call it a basement now, but the entrance into their home was like a courtyard. And if it was a, a if no, even if it was, I was going to say if it was a poor home because a lot of the of the renderings that I saw were of poorer shepherds. Shepherds do tend to be um, not wealthy, by the way. But um, through the winter months and through bad weather, the the first floor of a shepherd's home is where the shepherd, the sheep, come and shelter. That's how close the shepherd is to his sheep. They don't just stay out in the rain and they don't just stay out in the barn. They actually are in the same abode that the shepherd's family is in. And so then the, the, the first floor is more like a, it's a dirt floor. We would almost look at it like a house on stilts. Maybe you've seen that in in areas where they're near water and so sometimes there's a high tide and the houses are up on stilts that's that's what the houses were like and so the sheep actually go into the house the door is closed and the shepherd is one floor above them sleeping and working and he can come right down the research that I did the descriptions were very akin to uh, a person and their dog if they have a close bond. And if you know me well, you know I've got a dog that is I'm very emotionally <laughs> attached to. <laughs> but when I learned this about sh- the shepherd and the sheep, that their relationship is akin to the bond of a of a human and their dog companion, that made a huge impact and insight to me that gave me a lot of insight 
when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. I actually know Marco's body language better than anybody. Uh, my daughter Morgan is has been the one to teach Marco how to sit and lay down and roll over. Morgan's very good at communicating to Marco. But I read Marco better. I, I can tell. I can just tell his body language. I don't know how to explain it. I've never had another dog like a, like this, so I don't know how to explain it. But I do now better understand John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So to know God in this way, you've got to get beyond the miracles those miracles are important and you will still be participating in them. God will always be at work for you with his mighty hand. But you've got to stay long enough to get your own testimonies. You've got to follow the shepherd long enough to go through resurrection, which means something died. And you've got to stay with him long enough to get to the point of the fellowship of his suffering. Know his voice. Stay with him. It's a powerful, beautiful place to be. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 says, Hereby we do know that we know him. How do we know that we know him? If we keep his commandments. If we keep his commandments. So here's how that works. We can know that we know him enough to trust him, that when we find a command of his, we will follow it because we know him enough to trust him. We know he's not going to do anything to hurt us. He's not trying to hold us back. He's not trying to limit us in our capabilities and our power. He's not trying to limit us in our fun. He's not trying to, he's not trying to limit us. And therefore, we keep his commandments. If, if you're not keeping the commandments of God, if I'm not keeping the commandments of God, then there is a trust issue. And a trust issue is in the mix because we don't know what's going on in that person's mind. If, if I've got somebody new in my life that's not proven themselves to me, they've not proven that they'll walk through every those storms with me, they've not proven that they, that they trust me, they've not, well, then I'm not going to follow their commandments. And now the word commandments is a, is a strong word, but let me, let me put it in, in terms that we understand the more trusting a friendship is, the more you will know their likes and dislikes. You will know what kind of personalities tick them off. You will know uh, what kind of, of tastes of food they like when you're just sitting around late at night having a, having a girl's party. You'll know this one does not like fizzy drinks. There are they're few of you listening to this, you're going to know. My new friend Julie does not like fizzy drinks. No carbonation, please. <laughs> so when she comes to my house, guess what I do? 
I keep her commandments. Now, she's not walking in my house saying, I command you, get me something that's not carbonated. No, but I'm aware it's her like. And I'm aware that carbonated drinks are her dislike. And so I'm going to have non-carbonated drinks in the house because I'm getting to know her likes and dislikes. That's what this is talking about. When you start or stop a behavior for a friendship, that's a deep friendship. Think about what you have stopped doing just because you've got, you've got confidence and you have found enough value in another person that you have started or stopped a behavior for them. Now, they probably didn't say, I, co- it, I command you to do this, just because we don't typically work that way. <laughs> but if you want to know, if you know Jesus, are you keeping his commandments? Because he's provided a book that's full of information about what he likes and what he dislikes. He's provided all the insights. And the more you get to know him, when you have been with him through the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, even stuff that's not in the book, for instance, maybe because, uh, you know, television wasn't around when, when the Lord was laying out the Bible, there may be uh, entertainment that comes across and we will know while watching that entertainment oh it will we'll feel a a prick in our heart or or a check in our spirit like i i i, I suddenly don't like that language that now that language has never bothered me before why do i care about it now it's the lord the lord has revealed to you that Bad language is offensive to him and you have his spirit inside you and he has just let you know something intimate and personal about himself. When you are in a conversation and, and an interaction with somebody and you've done this kind of interaction, maybe you've stood up for yourself or you've knocked back down from a situation before and suddenly you just kind of feel like, I feel yucky when I act like that. Now, this is how I've been my whole life. Why do I feel yucky right now? (laughs) The Lord has just revealed something about himself to you. He doesn't like that behavior. And so you get to now start making adjustments based on this new friendship that you have with him. Oh, okay. The Lord's revealed a like and a dislike to me. And therefore, I'm going to start or stop a behavior based on the fact that I want this friendship. So when you're wondering, do I know God? I mean, I go to church, but do I know God? I, you know, I, I, I can dress the part. I can tell people I'm a Christian, but do I know God? Well, answer the question by the question, do I keep his commandments? Am I learning what his likes and dislikes are? And am I making adjustments 
1 John 2, 5. This will be the last verse that we do today. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So the word perfected means mature. It becomes full. It becomes complete, mature. So hereby we know that we are in him. That is a tight friendship. That is a tight friendship. We are in his circle. What does mature love look like? Well, it's goes beyond what have you done for me lately the love of a parent for a child where a parent just inconveniences themselves in amazing remarkable ways it's beyond mature love is beyond what do you do for me mature love is looks like a a spouse having something already done for the other spouse (laughs) That one spouse comes home from from an extra job, they maybe it wasn't on their schedule, and they still think, "Oh, well, I've got to wash that, or I've got to do the dishes, or I've got to do what." And you walk in, and the other person's already done it. It's like, whoa, that's a that's a mature love. Mature love looks like trust. Mature love gets to the place where you finish each other's sentences, and that's one of the ways that we know we know God that we are in him we are in his circle when when our speech becomes his speech like well Jesus would have said that that sounds like something Jesus said at the well I've got living water for you getting to know Jesus so well that we know how he would handle other people In him we live, in him we move, we have our being. We exist for him, we heal for him, we love others for him. When when we begin to run the business of his heart as he would run it, oh, that's such a deep knowledge. That means that you've gotten to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. When you begin to run the business of God's heart as God would run it in everyday life, the people that you pass, oh, that I may know him. Oh, that I may know him. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you're inspired to endure to the end, not just to be saved. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. That's wonderful. But we're not just trying to get out of hell and get into heaven. We want to get to know him. We want to get to know him.